Okay, well, I am really excited to talk to you, Nick. And am I saying your last name right? Is it Cordelione? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, I like that name. It has wonderful alliteration. Yeah, it's pretty great. It means, uh, not to get too topical, but heart of a lion. Does it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not making that <laughs> yeah. up because that is incredibly cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So pretty it's cool. So actually, it it's kismet that you are in The Lion King. Kismet. A hundred percent. Oh my God, that is so great. <laughs> so Nick, let's start with how long you've been acting on stage. And I want to know what that journey looked like for you from when you were maybe... I don't know, 10? Did you say, hey, mom and dad, I know what I want to do? Or did it look totally different? Yeah, no, it looked a lot like that. Uh, in fact, I want to say it was maybe earlier. I think my first thing was maybe a church play, maybe around seven years old. Um, and it felt completely natural. I mean, playing is natural to everybody. And um, and sort of the the difference between playing and then playing in with an audience or playing in front of folks um, is a little leap that sometimes can make people nervous. And for some reason, I didn't get nervous about that at all. And I was like, oh, this is great. I get to tell stories to a bunch of people. Uh, uh, sign me up. So um, kind of from then on, it's been kind of go time. <laughs> and, and, and were your parents like, oh, this is great. Definitely go for it. Or were they thinking like, you know, we were sort of thinking you'd take a more traditional route, like an office job. <laughs> yeah. No, they never, if they did think that they never uh, pressured me in that way. And um, I think it took some time for me to realize that you could actually make a living, that it was actually a, a, a trade or a, 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 an occupation. Um, and so I wasn't thinking to myself, I've got to be a a movie star or a TV star or a, a theater star. I just thought to myself, I really enjoy um, uh, make-believe and sharing stories. And then slowly over time, you know, you get to junior high and high school and then you start to go, oh, what do I really want to do with my life? And when I found out that you, with work, could make a living at it, I was like, that seems pretty exciting. And uh, I'll go for that until... Um, opportunity tells me no. <laughs> God, I love that. I'm just thinking as as a grown-up today, I would really rather live in a world of make-believe and sharing stories. So I just think that was a smart decision on your part. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, listen, there's times where, yeah, you just go, uh, because even, even doing that for a living, you still kind of go, oh, wait, this, there's uh, the potential for it to become, to feel like, uh, like a day job or like, you know, you go into the the, the nine to five or whatever. And I just have to keep reminding myself, oh no, that's not what this is at all. I get to, I get a very unique and special opportunity to, to, to share stories with people. And if you ever are in doubt of that, just walking through the audience waiting with their tickets to come and see the show every night, D dispels any notions that you don't have the most uh, awesome job in the world. Right. And it's so good that you mentioned that, Nick, because I think particularly with uh, careers that we're able to forge for ourselves where we're passionate about them, it can become tortured along the way that um, you, that you forget how fortunate you are because in, invariably, like you deal with the mundane things and there's still stress and it's still work, even though you're trying to create work for you that blurs the line between work and play. So I'm glad yeah. that you mentioned that because I think that's important. Um, you almost have to be conscious of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think our brains love, love order to some, in some respects where you kind of go, oh, good. I recognize that today looks like yesterday did and tomorrow will probably look the same. 
and you start to sort of order things and categorize. Um, and that can easily then the next step would be like, uh, the trudge. And if you just say, no, 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 it does look like yesterday, but it's not yesterday. It's this, you know, the now or whatever is happening right now. Um, that can kind of refresh that hit the refresh button on your day and go, Oh no, yeah, this is, this is today. And it's, it's, it's the only today there is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think that's so right. So Nick, where did you go to school? Uh, so I went to, uh, I grew up in, uh, much of my childhood was in uh, Northern Arizona. And so I went to Northern Arizona University, um, studied uh, theater performance. And then a group of us, uh, friends, peer group and I said, well, let's head to San Diego, which is also where my dad and my the Italian side of my family has been my whole life. Uh, and we'll use that as sort of a stepping stone to, to head to LA if we want to do um, film and television. And uh, again, chance and opportunity said, oh no, you should stay in San Diego and and work uh, on stage for you know a decade or more. So I was really lucky to just sort of work in theater um, year round uh, at a, a regional theater there in San Diego. Um, and got a chance to start a family, meet my wife on stage, um, have a daughter. Uh, and then when um, sort of my wife's passions shifted to directing, choreographing and, um, and teaching, we said, hey, let's head to New York. And then we started a whole new chapter and uh, I started the grind all over again there. This um, is a very cool journey. So it's been, yeah, it's just like whoosh, 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 just crisscrossing all over. Um, yeah, so I got to uh, New York and worked a lot regionally, kind of all over the country, a lot of, largely in, um, in classical theater, um, which was kind of fun and just ha happened to be the way it, it uh, landed. And then um, between gigs, I would act as a reader for uh, different casting directors in New York. And um, uh, it was a good way to sort of meet, meet the casting agents and show sort of nice facility and um, and then uh, the casting directors for Lion King said, hey, could you come and help us out with these auditions? We're having big auditions. And uh, and I did. And the casting director said, hey, they're probably going to be curious if you're interested uh, to do something like this. And I did completely off of my radar. I was like, I never thought of it because, you know, it's a little daunting when you get to New York and you hear some pretty tremendous voices um, in musical theaters, the best of the best so, you know, from opera to rock, to uh, musical theater, traditional musical theater. Um, so I was always like, uh, I don't know if that's quite my jam, um, but I got to, uh, to got to audition for months, essentially got paid to be able to audition as other folks were trying to, you know, come in and get roles. And, uh, and then the last day, Julie Taymor said, um, yeah, I'd like to go on tour. <laughs> Wow. Like, well, that sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> that is so organic. I love the way that that all happened, especially that it, it kind of hit you, you know, from left to center. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's that's been sort of a, a theme throughout is just sort of um, not focusing too hard that you miss when when sort of opportunity pops its head up um, and then just being willing to take inventory and see if it actually does work for you as opposed to just jumping at uh, at anything that heads your way. And um, it works for us and our family and has for, boy, coming on, 
12 years this year. Oh, that's so great. Your path is really yeah. unique. Like a lot of people I talk to, they try to go to school in New York and then they stay in New York, you know, and it's like sort of a beeline from wherever they might be. And the fact that yeah. you segued through San Diego, which I love, by the way, we lived there um, a little while, my husband and I, and it is just... It's perfect for him because you can surf and snowboard from the same location. <laughs> and I yeah, love that, I, you know, yeah, yeah flip flops 24 seven. What's not to love about that? So that's yeah. a very um, I think that's a terrific way to plan it, which you didn't. Yeah. But like if you, you could have planned it, that would have been ideal. So yeah. um, what was that like in New York where you're seeing everybody auditioning for The Lion King like that must really inform your perspective on the characters and on the show in a very different way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was very, uh, uh, just being in a casting room period is its own grad school and MFA. I mean, just seeing what people bring into the room uh, in, in on any given day, no matter what the piece they're auditioning for is seeing how producers are involved, how, um, sort of everybody that's at the decision desk, um, that is very unique and very telling and just kind of goes, Oh, great. There's so much. And it kind of is freeing in a way where you go, I can do my best, but that's all I can do. And then the rest is all these other dominoes that have to fire the right way um, to mix a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the dominoes fire. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I got to see people coming in and I got to see just tremendous talent and the, um, the, the sort of uh, the, the, all the storylines that are happening. I got to see the young cubs come in and trying to, you know, the cubs who are essentially the, in many ways, the leads of the story. Uh, I got to see a scar come in and I got to see the Simbas kind of sing for their, you know, sing through their uh, trauma and, and hope and all of these things. And I got to see it day after day after day. And it was just really amazing to see what everybody brought and see what the folks responded to and what, um, because they were basically mini uh, productions. Everybody brings their own sort of mini production that they're the creative director for. And I got to have a front row seat to that for a long time. It was great. That's incredible. That's really exciting. So now um, share with us your role on The Lion King here in Austin. Yeah, I play uh, Timon, uh, which folks may remember is the meerkat, um, part of the duo of Timon and Pumbaa, Pumbaa being the warthog. Um, and we live by the philosophy or try to live by the philosophy of Hakuna Matata, um, which uh, it means no worries, as a lot of people might know. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, yeah, and that's, uh, and we sort of become surrogate um, caretakers for this young cub Simba as he sort of finds his way back to uh, his responsibilities and, and sort of back to the Pride Lands. Um, it's a pretty awesome part. And I get to be, I get to operate a, Sort of a modified uh, Bunraku puppet, which is um, basically a kind of a one-man band. My puppet stands, you know, three and a half, four feet tall in front of me, and I operate his arms and wrists, and then I can go into operating his um, head and mouth. Um, got some cables connected to mine, so that if I take my hand out, we're kind of looking in the same direction. Oh, that's um, cool. What was the learning yeah. curve on yeah. that? Was it uh, did it take a while to master? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm still working to master it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly articulated. Um, and it, it, it comes to life pretty quickly, which is great. Um, and Disney is patient. And they basically when they're auditioning, they're looking for uh, how you learn, they're not looking for a finished product when you're in the rehearsal room. 
they're looking for, oh, how does this person interact with, um, with this tool? Um, and, uh, and you get sort of in front of a mirror and you get to see what kind of, because just as easily as it comes to life, if you drop your guard, uh, it can also <laughs> go away really quickly. You just kind of like, you just sort of shifts into wow. a new mode. You have to stay on top of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'll never forget, Nick, the first time I saw Lion King, which was um, in Manhattan, those first 20 minutes, it's like... Um, your, your eyes are trying to adjust. And to see the kids' reactions is pretty great because they're like, oh, my God, how did they get a real giraffe in here? You know, and then <laughs> yeah, it yeah. takes a second to realize that you're seeing the most amazing show ever. Yeah, I think so, too. And if I, as long as I have my makeup done quickly enough, I can run and try and catch Circle of Life, <laughs> you know, in my uh, workout gear, sweats and a uh, hoodie. And I'm kind of watching from the wings because it is it's the it's the most breathtaking opening in musical theater as far as I'm concerned. I agree completely. Um, and it's funny. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because sometimes people will say, um, yeah, I saw Lion King a long time ago. And this is an actual quote back when they had um, the real animals. <laughs> you, go, you go, all right, well, somebody somebody was doing their job. They really convinced uh, they convinced a, a whole group of people that they were real animals on stage. That's excellent. I've never heard that before. Yeah, no. I love that. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's well, unbelievable. I can unbelievable. see how a child would walk away thinking that you know because it's the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's so mesmerizing. Is sort of the yeah. the way I feel about it. And so I can bet that you're trying to catch that every chance that you that you get. It's so great. But through yeah. truly that feeling, um, it transcends into the whole show. I mean. From the top to the bottom for me, it's it's an extraordinary show. Um, and I guess that's one of the reasons why it's really stood the test of time. I mean, I think people are, you know, Nick, so excited to get back into the theater, but in particular for The Lion King. Um, and I'd love to yeah. know why you think that is, um, if you have any thoughts on that. Well, yeah, I think there's, uh, I mean, the story on its own, if you if you pop it into, if you stream it or pop it into your uh, DVD player, the story is already uh, amazing. And it's, and it's timeless and timely and it's all of these things. So it's got that going for it. It's got that groundwork. And then what our production enables is that, that first call you hear in, in the film of, that's uh, a guy named Lebo M who then, uh, after the film sort of exhaled this sort of South African heartbeat into um, the rest of the show with things, songs like One by One and um, these call and response uh, moments and a praise poetry. And then at the end, um, at, he basically sort of embellished it with his, with his personal experience and his knowledge of, of sort of what makes South Africa, South Africa. And uh, we're all fortunate to to sort of reap the benefits of being along for the ride. And we have an international cast. So we get some folks who um, are telling the story from a very personal perspective. And um, again, audience and other performers, Western performers get to say, oh yeah, I get to, I get to watch this. Um, but then beyond that, you've got every storytelling device you can imagine with the, the masks and the silks and shadow puppets and like I said, my Boon Raku mixed with Pumbaa who's sort of inside is. He's sort of a, almost like a, if you imagine like a centaur of this warthog, um, the cheetah, which is her back, human back legs are the back legs of this cheetah. And she's operating this long front that kind of goes out in this feline 
um, expression. And like you said, the, the giraffes and the elephants, all of these things told with, um, in, in many ways, very organic and, and old, old storytelling devices um, that we get to say, yeah, it's not just this animated film, it's, it's, um, it's alive tonight. This is, this is happening and you're seeing me. And to your point about what makes it exciting for audiences is you're sitting with a group of other people and it's happening for you right then and you're part of it. You're, it's not happening at you. You're, it's, a, it's a dialogue um, very much that we get to um, engage in every night. Yeah, no, that's actually right. I hadn't thought of it that way consciously, but you're 100% right. Um, it's really, I mean, it's, it's intrinsically special. There is something I think very unique about live theater in general, but there is something extraordinary um, about The Lion King. And then to be able to share it, to, I think to see it and then to be able to share it with your kids, it just adds a whole other yeah. kind of layer to it. Um, so, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's just an, an extra sort of enhancement. But I'm wondering, you know, you mentioned all the auditioning that you had the chance to do of the other characters kind of behind the scenes. Did that at all change or inform, Nick, how you're going to be playing Timon here in Austin? Uh, it it does from um, it's it's a little sort of heady, but the idea of the sort of the person inside that's watching it that's sort of like meta watching a scene um what i try to do in the moment is to be is is timon is worried about uh not getting eaten by any of the other animals on stage in it from moment to moment um trying to flush any sort of anxiety which is always kind of creeping up because he is often the smallest thing on stage so um from a character standpoint i'm really only trying to think about um you know me and how can i zen out and not have to think about problems or worries or any of that that stuff. I think, but the kind of the the person inside that's kind of watching Nick's watching and going, oh yeah, no, I see that. That's where, yeah, you're kind of becoming a, a sort of parental figure for this child who's, you know, gone through something pretty heavy and serious. Um, and you're giving him a little bit of advice that's that's helpful. And then maybe you're going to learn to grow in the second act. You kind of go, oh wait, there are some things that you actually should be concerned about. Um, so yeah, all of those kind of storylines are happening, but um, in the moment, I'm just basically trying to think about what, um, it's kind of two things are happening at once. I'm trying to think of what's going on for this character in front of me that I sort of get to uh, funnel all of my energy through. Yeah. What are some of your favorite moments on stage, Nick, whether whether you're on stage or not? Um, yeah, I have a few that come to mind. Um, uh, Circle of Life is an easy one. That's that's a gimme. Um, and then there's uh, the song Shadowland, which is Nala sort of coming to the realization that she uh, she doesn't know if Simba's coming back. So she's going to go and kind of take care of things. She just realizes that staying is not an option. She needs to kind of go out and find some answers herself. And uh, it's a moment where she's on stage and all of the lionesses are there sort of supporting her and sort of sending her off with blessing. And then Rafiki comes and does the same thing. And it's right before I get to go on. So I'm, I have a reason to be in the wings, <laughs> but I would be there even if I didn't have a reason because it's just so beautiful to see yeah. a stage full of powerful women who are, you know, realizing that uh, their hope is, is going to be uh, self-generated that they need to kind of, get the ball rolling and not wait for someone to come and save them. Um, it's 
pretty that's pretty that's probably the most beautiful moment on stage for me yeah that's very special for sure is there anything about this particular production um that you want to share and if you don't if you feel like it's going to be a spoiler you can say that but is there anything (laughs) um maybe a little different about this production um or or a unique twist or anything um that you guys have done that you want to talk about and again if it's a spoiler type situation we respect that too yeah no i think the, the biggest thing that I sort of encourage is um, for folks, a, a lot of times I'll get the question because I am all in green sort of behind this the, this Timon puppet that's pretty recognizable from the film. And um, I feel like a lot of times younger folks say, well, why, I, I had a, why are you green? That's the biggest question that I get and have for years and years and years. And I will often ask them back, well, why do you think I'm green? And they'll say things like, well, I feel like you're sort of the grass and you're kind of sort of, it's sort of make you kind of disappear. And I found that I wasn't really watching you as the show went on. I was watching the puppet. And um, that's absolutely it. Like that idea of uh, this agreement where when I come out on stage, we're not trying to trick anybody. We're saying, hey, look, you can see, if you look through the lattice work of the elephant legs, you see people in there holding this puppet up. um, And there's no sort of, artifice. We're not saying, hey, don't look in here. We're inviting you to look in. And I want to encourage that to the audiences to, to sort of lean into that, that this is um, it's uh, equal parts, what we're bringing and what the audience brings um, to make what happens magical. Because, yeah, they'll say, yeah, I, I did start to uh, uh, not see you or and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for. You know, it's a big, big compliment. That's amazing, um, too, because so it's think, also so yeah. transparent at the same time. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just kind of go, oh, right. Yeah, you're not trying to um, hide or, you know, like like old school where I just, you know, <laughs> one of these things, I'm very much there. And uh, what tends to happen then, too, if we're doing it right and if the audience has given into it, is that um, they'll say things like, well, yeah, I feel like the, the this puppet face, which is essentially just painted foam, they could start to see expressions because they're taking stuff that I'm doing and sort of laying it over this thing that's happening in front of me which is yeah i mean that is the definition of magic where you go yeah it looked like it was blinking you're like come on that's the best that is a huge compliment Yeah, yeah that is it's tremendous it strikes me nick that it must be a real challenge to travel with this show, you know, just the packing and the loading and the unloading and i mean that's got to be an, an enormous um production all all to itself ha <laughs> i love this oh my god yeah i feel yeah, like i'm yeah. seeing behind the curtain that's right. I uh, I just uh, loaded unloaded yesterday. Um, we drove. I drove from uh, where were we? Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, so I was looking on storm radar because it looked like there was this kind of oh, yeah. just <laughs> this behemoth of a storm and tornadoes coming. And so all of us were kind of texting each other. All right, where are you stopping tonight? You know, how are we going to navigate this? Did you find covered parking? Because there's hail or whatever, you know, right. all these kind of things that you're going like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to worry so, about yeah, that. It is not. Are you in charge of your costume? Do you do you keep that with you and pack it yourself or? No, yeah, we have a huge, I mean, we t- basically are a small city. We have um, our cast and crew and, um, and like the department heads and then the folks that we, it gets to around 120 or 30 of us. And then when we land, say, here in Austin, then you add another 100 more uh, nightly that are local that sort of are operating under our team's direction. So then it becomes, yeah, close to 220, 230. 
Um, so yeah, we have a, a big, uh, a big sort of footprint. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it takes a village because it's, it's such an extraordinary show and I really appreciate you letting us see behind the curtain a little bit so that people can understand like how much it takes, how many different people and how many different specialties it really takes to put on a show of this magnitude. Yeah, it's, and it's, um, the, the, the amazing thing and the cool thing about Disney is that here we are. 20 plus years since it's uh, Genesis on stage. And they're still committed to hand painting, hand dyed, hand stitched, um, hand beaded. When you see these uh, these uh, costume pieces and set pieces and masks, um, it, it's at each little detail is hours and hours and hours of kind of expert artisan work. Um, you know, I've met the guy in Portland who paints every Timon head, just and every detail where, you know, my, my Timon head has these eyes that kind of like go just a little off, like to kind of give him a little to it. Cool. And yeah, that the guy who paints those goes, yeah, I have to do that consciously every time because if they're dead on, it kind of doesn't tell the same story as if he has kind of a little bit of a bing, bing. Right. Um, the zebras who come out are in these... Uh, I don't know if crocheted is the right word, but it is hand knit jumpsuits, a full, uh, you know, jumpsuit uh, that is tailored to the performer, to each performer times how many times people cover that role. So you've got, say we have our three zebras. Well, you've also got another five to six people in the building who can also play a zebra and they need their own hand crocheted (laughs) zebra jumpsuit. So that is some meticulous work. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And again, if you ever think, oh, I don't know, you know, if you're tired on a, you know, after the 10th show of, of a week on a holiday or whatever, just walk through the bunker and go, oh, my goodness, this is all this work that I get to try and help make come to life. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a, a honor. Well, and you're also bringing to light a lot of the reasons why you can see this show over and over again and each time notice something different. We, you know, we have that feeling with movies and it's maybe more accessible with movies. Right. Um, But that is definitely the case for the kind of intricacy that you're talking about just with the costumes alone. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Yeah, this, you know, the light may hit. Uh, the the hyena face in a different way tonight than it does tomorrow. And, and it gives it a totally different expression. And, you know, somebody might say something in a slightly different way. That's, you know, within the sort of sandbox that we're given, but, um, but yeah, every, every night is, is happening fresh and our job is to try and honor that how fresh it is every night. Cool. Well, Nick, we're just so excited to have you and um, all your castmates in Austin, you know, live theater again. How good does that feel to be to be back on the road? Is it feeling a little closer to normal for you? Yeah. And and sort of uh, charged um, still. It's uh, it's not. um, Yeah. Normal is sort of evolving where you kind of go. All right. Right. So today we you know, we're still masked up here and we still got our, you know, making sure that we're testing several times a week, um, just sort of treating it with its due sort of uh, yeah. diligence. Safety um, first. But not being sort of, yeah, not being, le- you know, uh, handcuffed by that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just an absolute privilege. And, you know, when it started, there was no guarantees of anything. And Disney was quick to say, 
um, we're coming back and, you know, we're going to be telling the story. You're going to be telling the story when we get back. And that was a, a big sort of weight lifted off um, some really uncertain times at the beginning to go, oh yeah, I know I have a job when we come back. And a lot of, you know, a lot of theater didn't have that. So we were yeah. very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough spot. Uh, that's a tough spot to be in for sure. So I'm, I'm glad that you yeah. had that on the front end, that at least you had some, you yeah. could say, I don't know at what point in the future, but it gives you a little bit of something to look forward to when you know the light's coming. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely yeah. right. For sure. Okay, well, tomorrow night is opening night at Bass Concert Hall. Um, tickets are available at texasperformingarts.org, and they start at just $35. And the, the show runs through April 24th. Is there anything we missed, Nick? I mean, I just I want to say again how excited we are to have you in Austin, to have the Lion King um, here in Austin once again. This is just uh, I mean, we've all needed it in, in the most yeah. important way. So, um, so maybe we've covered it all, but if there's anything else that you wanted to add, please feel free. Well, sort of, uh, show tangential is that our cast and crew, our whole team is just as excited to be here. We, you know, we've been, you know, you see certain cities along the way and you go, Oh, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm wearing my, this is my Austin shirt. Love uh, it. I got my, yeah, I got my, uh, uh, dog leash that I got here in Austin, uh, down on Congress. Um, so a lot of folks, we've got some folks who are from here that are super excited to just be home. Um, oh, I bet. so yeah, that you're going to see that a lot of times something that you see in, uh, the tour is there's sort of an electricity between folks who spend all of their work and play time together. Like you said, this sort of bubble that's going around the country. So you, that, that translates into a, a sort of palpable energy. Um, so you're going to, uh, on stage, you'll see, oh yeah, there's an extra little sort of twinge of something. And that's people just super excited to be here, not just to be performing anywhere, but to be yeah. performing in Austin. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I'm biased and deeply partial, but there is something extra special about Austin, particularly as it relates to all kinds of artists and creatives. It just feels like such 100%. a supportive community, right? I'm glad you can feel that even though you're not here every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's yeah, it's tangible for sure. Cool. Very nice. Well, and I hope you guys get to experience some of the city. I don't know, you know, if you have some restrictions on on keeping safe, um, but, you know, we do have some of the best food. And if you get a chance to go to Lambert's, that's one of my absolute faves down the street. Yes. on second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'll just, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you, Nick Cordelione, who is playing Timon in The Lion King. We are so excited to have you here. And thanks for making time to chat with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Super excited.